joining us online on www.channelafrica.co.za and if you're listening to us on our DSTV channel we're on channel 802 on the audio bouquet well today I have the glory of just broadcasting outside of not just Johannesburg but outside of South Africa at the glorious Eswatini we are right here attending the Eswatini Umhlanga ceremony also known as uh, the Reed Dance and it's taking place right in uh, his uh, royal highness's uh, uh, kingdom uh, king swati the third we are at the uh, luzizini uh, royal residence here and we were here yesterday where there was an amazing spectacle of the maidens handing over their reeds uh, to king swati the third's uh, mother uh, to actually commemorate the family and also to it's a ritual every year whereby uh, the uh, residence of the queen's mother is restructured using the reeds that have been presented uh, by the maidens and after that we were right here in the stadium at uh, the residence where there was uh, all the maidens in their wonderful colorful regalia here dancing and representing themselves before the king and the royal family and also there was a huge spectacle whereby the king Swati III came down into the stadium to make himself known uh, to the maidens actually he represented himself he actually ran miles and miles around uh, this particular stadium to make sure that each and every group of the maidens who were dancing and representing themselves before them, him, were actually could see him and greet him on that particular day. Uh, so it has been a wonderful, uh, really, first day yesterday. But this is the main ceremony that's going to be taking place today. We're still at the early stages of the day. And just to, to assist us with this particular interview, uh, we're joined right now by Melusi Lamini who has been one of the organizers of Broad Channel Africa and our sister station Radio 2000 here. Uh, he is from the Eswatini Tourism Authority. Thank you, Malusi, for giving us your time. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I hope you're having a great time. Yeah, it has been fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, why the Eswatini Tourism Council actually takes this and positions um, this particular occasion from a tourism point of view. Let's talk a little bit about tourism before we get into the culture, before yeah, we get into yeah. the deeper stuff. Actually, um, what's important for us is that there's, there's, there's perceptions about the kingdom, outside the kingdom. So now we've developed a strategy where we are looking at hosting people like yourselves to come and experience you know um, the original the authentic experience of Swaziland ask your own questions be around the people of Eswatini you know um, see what's available what's not available and just generally experience um, um, what happens in Eswatini uh, every last weekend of August every year so yeah it's, it's a beautiful strategy is working for us and uh, a lot of people are, are really discovering a lot about the kingdom just by being here so yeah thanks for coming guys and uh, we hope to get more people coming through we've positioned ourselves as um, a, a more of an events destination uh, we are looking at uh, promoting all our royal ceremonies our cultural events um, a lot of our, our music festivals as well like the bushfire you probably heard about the bushfire uh, just to make sure that every month there's an activity that's happening we are obviously very well known for our culture you know um, we, we are a kingdom that has been 
been able to stick to our cultures, our ancient traditions, um, thanks to obviously their majesties uh, for being custodians and always promoting that. Um, like the Reed Dance, you know, over the years, um, it's been growing in lips in terms of um, people attending from, from outside the country and as well as the maidens participating, you know. Like five five years ago, we had like 50,000 maidens, so this, this number has doubled, you know. I mean, yeah, we, just to let our audience know, we've got like 100,000 maidens who were part of the ceremony this yeah. year. I mean, what's creating that attraction around the Reed Dance? Why is it becoming more prominent? Why does it seem like there's a bit of a more interest, not just from uh, the 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 people within the country but yeah. also it seems like people want to come in and check it out i think there's a growing um uh, interest in, in 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 authenticity you know um a lot of people now now just want the original african experience you know um people want um the real swati you know experience and the read dance like cultural ceremonies like the read dance um offer just that you know it's an ancient tradition that has lasted hundreds of years but you know um it's very important that the next generations you know continue to uphold these traditions sure. and it has really positioned us very well in terms of tourism as well you know so yeah the majesties are recognizing that um and uh, they are inviting a lot of people from all over the world are coming he's got a couple of special guests that are in here um there's a couple of media houses like yourselves um that are here and we do hope that you know you'll get first-hand experience you know instead of second hand you know and and feel free to ask all the questions that you need to ask about the the the, the event about the way of life the, the swazi way of life yeah as a tourism authority what are the biggest obstacles in terms of changing perceptions around the swaziland because there yeah. are uh, taboos and stereotypes around this particular redance itself yeah i know when i left from johannesburg the guys were like hey man you're gonna bring us to man <laughs> or you know there's stereotypes around the fact that this is where the king makes a, a selection for uh, a maiden and, and that's not necessarily true actually yeah that's that's a very important one um just to just just to get it out there um his majesty never picks a wife from during the riddance the riddance is used as a platform to unveil to present um a, a, a fiance to the world um it's normally now after the whole courtship process after everything is confirmed this is where you get to see the next um his majesty's wife for the first time for everyone literally everyone gets to meet to meet her now is gets presented actually so it's not a an issue of him picking from the actual um uh, uh, uh maidens that are there that's that's just totally untrue yeah, yeah. and what i also kind of is found it interesting yesterday is the fact there's also kind of an emphasis on the maidens um and the uh, the status of uh, being pure yeah yeah but also there's guys here who are participating in the ceremony there were warriors here yesterday Absolutely. tell us a little bit about the role of um the maidens what they do here and also the warriors because it's it's a it's a bigger ceremony that was yeah. internationally known yeah um um the maidens are, are pledging their allegiance to her her majesty the queen mother by going to cut the reed and bring it back here today's the main day um so basically today is, is, is more of a celebration now after the whole week um it's a celebration we all come together in song and in dance everyone is going to be looking their best in terms of attire you know even his his majesty is joining us so now what 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 the regiments do they they appreciate you know um in siswati we call it uh gukia 
um, when you see a, a beautiful lady um, or a group of ladies in front of you, you literally have to go there just to show appreciation. Oh, nice. And you do that in the way that you walk towards them. I think you'll be able to see it today because sure. it's not normal. You know, it's just a way of appreciating um, beauty at its best. You know, it's just appreciating um, the girl child, you know, appreciating the people who have come here to show love and support for for, for the king and, and our culture and we're seeing a lot of young people now getting connected and falling in love you know with with the whole cultural experience that 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 is it's who we are you know it's it's what what makes us different from everyone else in the world yeah yeah and also just uh, yesterday there was also what i was talking about around the fact that um the the reed dance is not just about a dance it's actually uh, it's a it's a week-long yeah. occasion whereby yes. the reed is collected by the maidens and they actually are taken to um, the King Swati's uh, of the third uh, yeah. mother. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that particular okay. tradition. It's, it's actually a seven day event. Um, it started on the Tuesday. On the Tuesday all the girls are summoned to come to, to the royal residence to register and then once they register, they register on Tuesday, Wednesday. Now they set out, they walk about 45 kilometers to go cut the reed. It's important important that they walk it's important that they spend a lot of time with each other with other girls from around um, there's plenty of conversations that take place there you know it's it's all about the girl child um, girls have same problems girls have, have have ambitions there's a couple of role models that are within them it's just a place for them to 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 engage so you're you know? getting mentored yeah as a yeah. young woman as a young woman you know and, and, it's, and they're together they're so free they're so happy you know a lot of girls like really look forward to this week because you, you literally come and, and, and stay at the royal resident for like a week and then they come back on they came back on the friday night um they came back on the friday night so saturday was basically just to rest for them to rest for them to prepare their attire for sunday and today uh, so sunday now they delivered the read um to her majesty um i'm sure you saw that it's yes the, so so that yesterday all the girls that they read yeah almost those reads were kind of adding color to the environment absolutely here. those reads are going to be used um uh, uh for all the rare residences in the country you oh know, so it's not just the, um, it's not just here okay, yeah sure. all the rare residents and, and the chiefdoms in the country as you know the reeds are made to 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 create some sort of a a, a wall a boundary okay. yeah if you've seen uh, if you've been inside mm. um one of the cultural um villages there you see that the reeds are used to to build like a boundary uh, you know sure. right across the residence so sure. yeah that's what they that's what's going to happen and uh that happens throughout the year. Sure, the building sure. of, of of that. Yeah. Let, let's let's wrap it up. What can we look forward to, to, to today for people who are not here? Let's give them a little bit of color on uh, the expectations of today. Um, we always uh, get excited to see our king, man. You know, we always want to be around our king. You know, sure. it's always a special moment when you know you are in the same vicinity of their majesties, um, and it, it's all about uh, uh, it's all about. Uh, song it's all about dance it's all about respect it's all about appreciation you know and uh, we're looking forward to um, uh, giving uh, a lot of our tourists and guests an amazing experience because you cannot see this anywhere in the world but here yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 a spectacle you know and obviously um, when we say song and dance you'll be blown away at at, at, at the activity of the actual maidens sure. now because what they also do they practice for months for what's going to happen today 
um, it's different groups, different age groups, um, different uh, up. They come from different chief dorms as well. Sure, sure. So what happens is that they dress the same. They come with the old style of dance. They, they they create their own songs, you know. So it's going to be quite interesting. Pay attention to the songs as well, you know. Sure, Just listen to what they're saying. Sometimes there's a lot of humor there, yeah. you know. It's a lot of talk on, on girl child. Um, yeah. There's a lot of respect towards uh, the monarchy. Sure. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful experience, man, you know. Um, it's quite it's, it's quite a number of people coming through who are going to be on social media as well. So yeah, check out the page Eswatini Tourism. Um, most of it is going to be live on on, on Facebook and sure. on Instagram, as well as a couple of live feeds on Twitter. Uh, the handle on Twitter is at Travel Swaziland, sure. and then on Facebook it's Eswatini Tourism. Both on Facebook and Instagram. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you so much, Melusi. And thank you for hosting us here at Channel Africa. I think it's our first live broadcast here Always. in the residence of uh, His Royal Highness Kim Swati III. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, uh, we'll see what more we have for you. And also, I know that my colleague uh, earlier on uh, spoke to uh, uh, Linda Ngumalo, who is uh, from the Eswatini Tourism, and I mean, Nomsatlamini, right? Rather, who's from the Eswatini uh, National Trust Commission. But hey, let's take a quick break and then come back to me and I'll give you more of a picture of what's been happening uh, this morning right here at uh, Eswatini. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices and I'm your host, Avurengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise, Africa. Rise. Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance. Welcome to Change Your Game here on Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We're coming to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. My name is Asanda Peta. What uh, GDF Forum is about and what an opportunity it provides specifically for the audience of Change Your Game. At Change Your Game, we believe entrepreneurs are the key drivers of tomorrow's African innovations and essential to creating a thriving African economy. More support, just like invest more in young creatives and entrepreneurship, but actually do it. Don't just talk about it, actually do it, you know, because there are a lot of creative minds, there are a lot of intelligent human beings in our country, so I think we should invest more in that and take it seriously, because it's a real thing. Catch us every Friday at 900 hours Central African time with Channel Africa, the African Perspective. Well, thank you for joining us right here on African Dialogue, where from Monday to Friday we bring you the big conversations that are taking place on the African continent. And today we're broadcasting outside of our Johannesburg studios. Actually, we're not even in South Africa today. We're right here back at Eswatini. We were here a few months ago, a few weeks ago, uh, for the Gold Chain Summit. But uh, today we're in his high royal, in the high royal uh, terrains, exactly at the um- 
Mshanga uh, ceremony, which has started yesterday, where the maidens were presenting uh, their reeds uh, to the king, Swati III's mother, at the Lutizini uh, royal residence. And uh, today, this is where the hype is going to be taking place. Just this morning, we're just sitting next to the elders who are actually preparing and just setting out the logistics of what is going to be happening later today in terms of the celebration which is uh, the peak of today's uh, um, gatherings. Uh, right now we're joined by the CEO of Arts and Culture here at Eswatini uh, that's the Honorable Stanley Lamini. Uh, thank you Stanley for giving us your time. My pleasure sir. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, you know Eswatini a little bit before we get into uh, the Reed dance. Um, just a little bit about this particular season. I know that is a it's a very interesting season for for the country because Eswatini. Uh, what people don't understand most of the time is that seasons mean a lot to uh, the culture here. It's linked to the the ceremony and also uh, the heritage. Well, as you may know, that we are one of the few states in the world with a monarchy. Sure. Uh, whenever you call Eswatini, we just want you to prefix the kingdom sure. of Eswatini because sure. we are quite different from any other country sure. uh, in the world. In particular, because of what you have just said, mm. one we are one country that went through all the colonial influence. Mm. Uh, we were colonized by the British uh, in as early as 1800s. Mm-hmm. But uh, through those colonial years, we as a nation, we have never uh, forfeited our culture. In fact, it stood the taste of time. Uh, and these ceremonies that we are talking about, they spread throughout the year. Uh, every regiment has a specific role to play in our culture. Uh, as you might know that we... We, as we are in the red dance today, uh, in the next couple of months, we'll be in the Itwala ceremony, which is basically the king ceremony, mm-hmm. marking the cultural end of the year. Mm-hmm. But also, we have the Marula ceremony, which happens around January, uh, February, and March. So, we are saying the cultural ceremonies are spread around. Uh, the year, more so because our culture responds also to the environment. Mm. The marula ceremony is actually the harvesting season of our marula, mm. which is the plant. Mm. But also, this is the harvesting season mm. of the reed mm. for every community that wants to cut reed and do windbreakers around the family mm. houses, the children, mm. and as well as uh, the, uh, the palace. This is the harvesting season, but it has to start from the palace, it has to start from the king, then goes down to the chiefs, then from the chiefs, then any other member of a community then can cut uh, reed for whatever purpose that he might want to. So, to come back to your question, this is one ceremony we've had as way before we even arrived in the kingdom of Eswatini, where we are located now. As you may know that the Swazis migrated from some parts of Africa, in particular where we were defined as a state, it was in Kenya. Uh, in Kenya, that is where the Swazi people were defined as a nation. Then we started migrating uh, on the coast of Mozambique up to where we are today and define this location as the kingdom of Eswatini. 
we have had our cultures ever since because the calendars were there, yeah. the plants were there, the animals were there, every bit of environment that we utilize in our days to define our culture yeah. were there. So, and as we grow as a nation in terms of population, the numbers have been growing. Uh, when I was a little boy, we didn't have such a big arena, but obviously the Umsanga was there. Uh, I guess it was re responding as well to the population that we have at that time. But as we speak today, you you will see. Uh, I'm sure you saw yesterday. I'm yeah. sure you, you, you saw also a couple of uh, days that you've been here. Sure. But you know, I mean, a day before yesterday, you could see a forest moving. Mm. And yesterday you can see a a cloud, mm. no longer a forest, but a cloud, cloud sure. moving. Mm. So it, it responds to the numbers. Mm. Uh, it responds also to a culture that is living, mm. because for us it's different from other nations. Mm. Other nations, you 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 talk about revisiting your culture. Yeah. You you talk about you know reigniting. Reigniting. <laughs> for us, sure. it's not that. Sure. For us, it's an exhibition of mm. our living culture. Mm. So this is where we are today. Umtlanga ceremony is basically. So, how do you think, Stan? Sorry to interrupt you there. How do you think, Mr. I mean, you guys have been able to keep the momentum going. I mean, we were trying to put on some banners here, you know, in the stadium itself, and someone's like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! This is uh, not for commercial purposes." So these particular banners yes you had to do a radio program but we'll find a suitable place for them and it kind of stood out for me around the fact that um it seems like um the Swatini kingdom is not moved really by uh moving on the mode of commercialism but really seems entrenched in in more of relying on culture as a basis well as you may know that whether there is a journalist whether there is a radio whether there is a tv whether there is some international meetings conferences or whatsoever they don't infringe on our calendar they don't infringe on our program they don't infringe on what we want to do. So this is not a stage. This is not a theatrical. Something that can move. It's not to a carnival. Yeah, it's not a carnival. Something that can be moved to suit somebody's, you know, program and calendar. But also we are saying our culture is a living culture. So it's a space where we celebrate. Whether someone is watching or not, we have to celebrate as a country as a nation so now the issue of of commercial the issue of economics to us is a non-issue the the economics must come as a spillover when you're talking about hotel accommodation beds and also cultural costumes that people can buy along the street but as soon as you enter the arena it's about celebration it's about our people it's about our girls it's about our ladies it's about how we want to appreciate so the economics for us one danger for them is they they will you know influence your culture somehow so when you push the economics away you retain your authentic culture but when you bring in economics there is a tendency to also compromise on the production of culture for us it's living culture so imagine if you compromise your living culture but also if you bring economics, you're also commodifying the, the cultural experience. 
that these people need to do. So whatever you see in the stage is not rehearsed for internationals, it's not rehearsed for media, it's not re rehearsed for corporates. It's just our living culture. I remember two, three years ago when we had the Sadak summit, President Hama of Botswana was yes, saying... Yes, I remember. That yes. what made... Uh, it was trending everywhere. <laughs> he was trending Tell us everywhere. the story for those yes. who don't know at home. He, he, was, he was alluding to the fact that it's surprising that a, a, a forest could be moving somewhere in Africa and nobody gets to know of it. A forest is moving somewhere in the world and nobody gets to know of it. And he, he, he further went on and said, probably as Africans and African Union needs to start saying whenever there is the red dance in Swaziland, it must be holiday in Africa. Because most of the African states, they no longer have this thing. But if there is one country in the world that has this, why can't the world stop for a moment and say, let us appreciate this? And let's speak about the taboos and the stereotypes around the reed dance. The most typical one being the fact that this is where um, Kim Swati III is uh, choosing a wife. But, and that seems to be kind of made as if here he's showing off his prowess or his manhood on these particular ladies. It seems like the narrative that has been maybe a pain for the Swati kingdom for a while. Tell us a little bit about some of the taboos as a, a culturalist yourself and you know how can we overcome those particular stereotypes that sometimes are created by a western narrative yes it's a simple simple formula if you if his majesty king of Saudi the third was coronated in 1986 and now it's 2019 then you say 2019 minus 1986 the answer you get there is what so people can start calculating and, you know, pressing their calculators that 9 minus 6 yeah. is 3. Yeah. Then you say 10 minus 8 yeah. is what? 2. So the king has been the king for 26 years. Yeah. And how many wives does he have? How many queens are they? They're not even 26. They're even less than 15. Now, it's an arithmetic principle which says that is wrong. It's wrong information in the sense that, I mean, the red dance, the, the palace where we are, is the Queen Mother's palace. And our culture, the person who is responsible for the upkeep and the bringing up of girls, is the grandmother. The grandmother of this nation is the Queen Mother. The reason why the red dance sets out here it's because in our culture there is a certain moment within the family or in the family or in the community where the grandmother will say I want to see all my grandchildren especially the ladies because at some point there will be grandmothers so the grandmothers have a responsibility to share moral stories to share moral values to also develop a young girl into a strong adult woman this is the opportunity well you heard it there from the ceo of uh, uh, arts and culture right here in a uh, swadini kingdom that's stanley lamini well thank you so much uh, for giving us your time and just giving a little us a little bit of that narrative would like to speak to other of your counterparts on on these particular matters but thank you for giving us your time here on channel africa
Thanks you. Thank you very much. And, and thanks to by the way, you were saying my name is no longer Benjamin; it's Benjamin. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> when you go to South Africa, remove the T. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, we're going to take a quick break right here at the beautiful uh, Lutzini um, uh, s- ceremony space that we're in here. And uh, just ahead of us here, there's a beautiful mountain here. It's uh, translated to mean that the body, uh, and it's such a gigantic. Um, uh, mountain indeed but it's such a spectrum to where uh, we are sitting right here but I just want to take us a quick break and then when we come back we'll see who else we can have and other conversations we could be having uh, with uh, some of our guests here at the Eswadini uh, ceremony so a lot more to come Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Womanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Womanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gones Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. Building Africa with love. Hujambo Africa. If there are holes in this continental ship, we are its children. Let us go and stop the holes. Let us gladly do it with our hearts. And if we cannot, then let us die. We will make a plug of our brains and put them into the ship, but condemn it never. Catch us on Channel Africa from 10 to 11 a.m. every Friday and Sundays from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. We are right here at the Eswatini Umhlanga ceremony, also known as the Reed ceremony. It's still a little bit quiet here at the Lutizini Royal Residence. All the maidens are getting ready uh, for the latest spectacles. Probably going to start at around uh, uh, 2 o'clock where all the ladies will come here and uh, represent themselves before the king. We'll probably see uh, King Swati III also being part of the experience here. And as you could hear from our various guests in terms of... There's a lot of stereotypes around uh, the reed dance and maybe it's a good thing that media is here just to create an understanding of uh, the meanings uh, behind some of the reed dance uh, um, ceremonies and, and rituals. But right now, uh, we're joined by the Minister of Tourism and Environmental Affairs, Honorable Moses Vilakati, who's going to be wrapping up uh, this program with us. So thank you, Honorable Minister, for giving us your time. Uh, good good morning, and uh, I appreciate being here. Well, let us know a little bit about how the reed dance uh, positions, um, you know, Eswatini or the Eswatini Kingdom uh, from a tourism perspective, especially the tourism industry. It does have an international attraction, doesn't it, Minister? Um, thank you very much. The, the um, reed dance... It's indeed one of those uh, spectacular events in the country. 
and uh, it's one of those that uh, supports our tourism industry uh, in a big way and we are really thrilled uh, every time we get to this uh, season because we know that all the maidens in the country um, and outside of the country will converge uh, so that they can show the themselves that we are really the girls and and as such it contributes immensely uh, to the tourism industry as we have brightly pointed out it's actually one of those biggest events uh, if not the biggest that attracts people uh, from within and outside of our borders and uh, it is obviously creating that oomph and the vibe and if you miss it um i think you regret <laughs> now tell us a little bit do we know the numbers of how many people come into the uh, the kingdom um at this particular time of the year do we know the attraction we know it's not just domestic tourism that gets that booms but also i'm sure international tourism uh, actually stimulates the economy at this time of the year every year the numbers swell the numbers increase as for the maidens, this year the estimates is over 100,000. Um, for the outsiders, we can only judge from the hotels, which are all full to the brim. So from that perspective, you can uh, roughly say uh, probably uh, two times the, the number of uh, uh, maidens. Obviously, uh, because it's also, it becomes a long weekend, then we get those who are from out of the country also coming to check on their relatives, etc. But one of the good things that we have already observed and seen over the years is the number of people that come from uh, uh, Europe, the Americas, and even Asia, who are now coming to witness uh, this magnificent event, which dates over 400 years uh, from generation to generation, which is why we were so proud uh, to see their majesties maintaining it, ensuring that even uh, future generations will still experience the same. Um, but one good thing is that on a yearly basis, you can see huge improvements um, in terms of the way in which they do the dances, the way in which it is um, the logistics are arranged. So for us, this is really thrilling, and we hope that we can expand this to include a better part of Africa, a better part, particularly of the Northern Africa, because right now, Southern Africa is usually represented here, particularly the set countries, but um, the extra mile is to make sure that we can now um, explore the presence of those uh, in the Northern part of Africa. You're saying something very interesting, because, I mean, Africa is at that particular point when you think about the Continental Free Trade Agreement, which uh, Swatini has also ratified itself. Mm. And we're starting to think uh, inter-trade, we're starting to think more continentally mm. and making sure that our attractions are not just for the international tourists, but making sure that we also get other Africans, even from the north of Africa, to experience cultures from the south of Africa. Yes. Uh, and, and that's a, 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 something that we can improve on as Africa. You know, we, we, we take Eswatini as uh, the epitome on, on cultural activities. We are blessed in that their majesties 
are continuously um, challenging us as as uh, as government to make sure that the culture of the country, the culture of Africa, is not in any way eliminated from our generations. And to us, therefore, with the intra-Africa uh, trade that is obtaining, it's you know it is um, a pioneer to ensuring that even the cultural events can now be integrated. Um, who knows? At some point, we'll be having a hub for the cultural activities uh, in Africa, and I bet Eswatini would bid for that one. <laughs> <laughs> now, let, let's wrap up the conversation since we've run out of, of time. In terms of the expectations of today, and you know, this is one of the biggest day of the year, and we know it's, it's still empty right now in, in the stadium, mm. but we know that this is not a representation of how of a party it's going to be a little bit later on. Mm. Let's create a picture just for our listeners of what we can expect a little bit later on. What is going to obtain around 2-ish, latest 3 mm. uh, p.m. is uh, the... Uh, the girls or the Imbali uh, will come in here in um, as as troops. Uh, each one will be singing a particular song, and they will pass through uh, as the the nation and uh, with the, His Majesty uh, is sitting in here in this arena. Thereafter, there will be dancing, various dances that will be. Uh, led by the Induna or the leader as well as the Nkosetana and then um, His Majesty uh, with uh, a few uh, will then get to the arena also. Uh, he is to greet almost all the... Yeah, I saw him yesterday running around the entire arena for at least 30 minutes. It's, it's going to like, be... Oh, King Swati III has so much stamina and it, strength. Does it's, it's going to do it uh, double the time that you saw yesterday. Yeah. And we'll all be geared to, to run uh, around with him. Uh. Just as a, as a sign of saying, we are warmly welcomed. Uh, we are pleased that you have been in here. And as the sign of saying, thank you, let's keep this. Because it's an important cultural activity and, and cultural event that we believe can be extended from generation to generation. So this whole place will really be full today. And uh, we are hoping that it will go according to plan. Um, we, we are always excited to see the ladies or the girls converging and getting home, uh, obviously, happy and healthy and and also being excited for the next event once they are done in here within the next two weeks they will then be going south to Nklangano okay. uh, where again a similar uh, event will take place mm. because it's done this side but those ones who are down south mm. they are not able to come okay. and be part of this entrance so thereafter then they, they, they will then uh, go there again to make sure that even those down south can have the experience of being closer to their majesties 
and experiencing the warmth of the country. Well, thank you so much, Minister, for giving us your time. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of the day. It's definitely going to be a great cultural uh, party. So I hope uh, that you'll be enjoying yourself in the midst of the colorful, uh, vibrant fabrics around us and also the dances that we're going to see a little bit later. And the songs, I'm sure, are going to be amazingly powerful and spirit-filled. Thank you very much. And I hope you have also been uh, warmly welcomed to our usual warmth, our usual Ubuntu, and uh, please feel at home. Take this as uh, your home away from home. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. That's the Minister of Tourism and Environmental Affairs, uh, Honorable Moses Vilagati, wrapping up uh, today's uh, broadcast. And I'm sure later on we'll try to see if we can find ways to give you the color, uh, to give you some of the themes that are taking place here. Our sister station, Radio 2000, is going to be broadcasting. So you can switch there a little bit because they're going to have a longer broadcast from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock. So if you're listening to us on the continent, and you can go to their website, Radio 2000, they'll be broadcasting from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock and you'll get some of the footages uh, live if you want to get some of the color. But hey, don't forget to tune back to Channel Africa uh, for our programming as well. But uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us right here. I'm sure during the day we'll be giving you more color of what's happening here at the Eswatini Kingdom. From me, Benjamin Mushatam, until next time, God bless. Good morning, I'm Amanda Machaka with your economics news. Experts on agriculture say digital technologies could be a game changer for Africa, but only if policies are well aligned to ensure these technologies are put in the hands of smallholder farmers. According to Agnes Kalibata of the Alliance for Green Revolution in Africa, apart from food security, these technologies can create employment in Africa. Young farmers, however, want governments and civil society to invest in practical solutions that make these technologies useful to them. Sarah Kimani reports. When at just 33, Caleb Karuga was declared redundant by a local media house in Kenya, he did not moan. Instead, he took his check and fell back into his hobby, farming. Unlike the hobby, in business, things were different. It is then that he turned to the internet, reading and researching about agribusiness. I was doing pigs. At the same time, I was doing dairy. I was doing rabbit farming. I was doing catfish farming. I was doing um, quail farming. It's the same farm. I was honored to be a master of all. You learn that your personality sometimes has to kind of change. It's after you've lost so much money, you start asking yourself, where did I go wrong? With the benefit of insight, he decided to train those like him who may want to start agribusiness but have no prior knowledge on the trade. He started talking about his farm on microblogging site Twitter and then created a website where farmers could book training online. The International Cross-Border Traders Association says it believes the ongoing attacks on foreign truck drivers in South Africa are criminal as they have legal permits to be in the country. Members belonging to the National Truck Drivers Foundation have called for a nationwide strike on Monday in response to trucking companies taking them to court for allegedly burning trucks. The foundation is also lobbying against the alleged employment of foreign nationals. The International Cross-Border Traders Association 
Nations President Dennis Juho says the ongoing attacks on foreign drivers are putting South African businesses at risk. We distance ourselves from any violence by the drivers. We plead to South African drivers not to engage themselves in torturing trucks, in, 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 in hurting the foreign uh, drivers, because we are still in talks with the government. South Africa's trade union Solidarity says it's considering bringing an application to place South African airways under business rescue. When uh, the union attempted to bring a similar application earlier, Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordon held a meeting with the union to discourage such a move. If SAA is placed under business rescue, it could be put under some form of a curatorship and have its management changed. Head of the Solidarity Research Institute, Corne Malta, explains their motivation. If we continue on the route that is continuing now, it's almost inevitably on its way to failure. The financials are extremely dire, and we, we're saying it's, it's very late in the day, but there's still a chance, but that window is closing. And if we don't do something radical to turn it around now, then there will not be an airline. In the financial indicators, the U.S. dollar is trading at 357.97 Nigerian Naira, 10.93 Botswana Pula at 101.98 Kenyan Shilling, 13.9 Zambian Kwacha. And BRICS currencies, one U.S. dollar will cost you 4.14 Brazilian Real, 66.68 Russian Ruble, 71.55 Indian Rupee, 7.16 Chinese Yuan, and at 15.15 South African Rand. The dollar is also trading at 82 pence to the British pound and at 90 cents to the Euro. In commodities, gold is at $1,524, platinum $8,936 per ounce, or the price of Brent crude oil is $58.95 a barrel. And that's how it's looking for now. First up in our sports update, this hour I'm Figile Lingwati. We begin with football news. South African national women's football team Banyana Banyana's qualification for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics remain in the balance after they were held to a goalless draw by Botswana in the first leg of the second round clash in Khaburoni, Botswana. Desiree Ellis included the overseas-based trio of Jermaine Siopossinwe, Notando Vilagazi and Roda Mulawudzi in the lineup after they all missed the recently completed Kosafa Women's Championship while live wire Tembi Khatlana and Captain Janine Van Veik were both missing due to injuries. It was still anybody's game in the closing phases, but neither side could create clear chances and they shared their spoils in the end. The return leg is set to place next on Tuesday tomorrow at Orlando Stadium south of Johannesburg.
The Nigeria the 20 women's team, the Falconets, have won the football gold at the African Games in Morocco. The Nigerian ladies beat Cameroon 3-2 on penalties to win the gold medal. This is the third time Nigeria has won gold in the women's category in five editions. Head coach Christopher Danjuma spoke on the importance of building players for a younger age. The Federation has been very, very supportive, especially when they know um, the principle or the philosophy of what a coach is trying to do that falls in line with their plan concerning a particular group of players. So they saw them and they were glad that we can harness players from Nigeria and build them. So Federation is just on the positive side and are glad about it. Let these ones go. Let them grow with time, let them grow with competition. When the time comes for them to go, it will just be a natural switch or a natural movement. On to rugby news. The South African rugby side, Toyota Cheetahs, have done it again. Cheetahs came from behind to beat the Celsi Sharks 51 30 in the 29 Curry Cup semi finals, played at the Free State Stadium in Bloemfontein. South Africa's Free State Province. The victory sees the Cheetahs through to the finals where they will host the Xerox Golden Lions on Saturday, the 7th of September in Bloemfontein. By halftime, the Free State outfit was trailing the visitors. 11-20. William Smallsmith, Ruan Pinar, Juna Pogomela and Oxen Chair all scored tries for the home side. Coach Franco Smith's side displayed a similar form like last week against Western Province in Bloemfontein. Smith shares his views. On the match, I think the boys were proud. You know, it, they showed that taking this team going forward into the Pro 14, and they they they've got that ability, and they they stick to what they believe in, and they stick to the plan, and they can they can roll teams over. I mean, rugby's not played in the first half. I mean, a lot of people criticised me last week because I picked the, the two props and I brought them on later. It's only tradition that says you must start your your front your first. Uh, your, your, your preferred players, and that's not like a, it's not like that. You must play to win, and, and these guys bought into everything that we're trying to do, and, and that's worked well. And that's your sport news this hour. No shame, he sent Mandela to 27 years in jail. This man has no shame, he killed Lumumba, the leader of the people. This man has no shame, he kills the vigor, the hope for the people. This man has no shame, he killed good first, the rose roll of the nation.
Listening to Africa Weekday. Good afternoon and welcome to Africa Midday, listening to Channel Africa, broadcasting from an African perspective in Johannesburg. We currently on Channel 802 on the DSTV Audio Bouquet. My name is Zikon Amiso. I'm in studio with Jolani Tulo, Amanda Machaka and Neto Chemane. In our top stories this hour, Sudan's called on the UN Security Council to lift its suspension of troop withdrawals and ensure all peacekeepers leave Darfur by June 2020. Two million people were told on the weekend they did not have any right to live in India. And Kenya will now recognize people who identify their gender as intersex in the country's national census. And in your business news, experts on agriculture say digital technologies could be a game changer for Africa. And in your sports, South African athletes take gold at 50-kilometer world championships. Time now for our news with Sholani. SABC News, independent and impartial. From an African perspective. Thank you, Zakona. Good afternoon. Several people have been reportedly killed in a car bomb explosion at a checkpoint on the outskirts of the Somali capital Mogadishu. A shootout is said to have ensued between the security forces and three attackers who got out of the vehicle, which was laden with explosives. Some sources say the intended target was a nearby tax office. At least two civilians have been killed and, and some reports suggest that the attackers also died. Police have yet to issue a statement. It is not clear who was behind the explosion, but the militant group Al-Shabaab often carries out attacks in Mogadishu since it was forced out of the city in 2011. The administration of the Somali region of Jubaland has condemned what it calls the abduction of its security minister by the National Somali Authorities. Police in the capital Mogadishu have confirmed that a minister, Abdishirad Janan, was arrested for what they describe as serious crimes upon arrival at Mogadishu Airport on Saturday. Correspondents say the UN-backed government is trying to exercise greater control over the regional states. Over the regional states, rather, last month it refused to recognize the re-election of Ahmed Mohammed Islam to lead Jubaland. Meanwhile, a Tunisian policeman and three militants have been killed in a security operation near the Algerian border. Authorities say the deceased officer was the head of the police station in the town of Hydra. The incident comes two weeks ahead of the presidential elections on the 15th of this month. 
More than 40 people have now been arrested following incidents of looting and torching of buildings and vehicles in Johannesburg, South Africa, since Sunday morning. 22 people were arrested in Malvern, east of the city earlier. More than 50 shops were looted and scores of vehicles burnt. Some were found inside the shops looting and others in possession of stolen items. Four others were arrested for public violence in JP's town. The riots come after three people died after an old building they were living in caught fire. Gauteng Province's police spokesperson, The provincial commissioner said that it is a sad day when people choose to capitalize on the misfortune of others to advance anarchy or criminality. Three people perishing in a burning and collapsing building can never justify what is now happening in Jerpistown, in Melbourne and surrounding areas. And finally, students in Hong Kong have been taking part in the latest stage of pro of months of pro-democracy protests, but a call for a two-day general strike appears to have drawn little support. Stephen McDonald reports. As driving rain and strong winds hit this city, it's difficult to gauge how successful calls for a widespread strike have been. Many shops and other businesses are closed, but the weather alone is making it difficult to move around. Staff at at least four hospitals are protesting at their workplace. Large numbers of university students have boycotted classes on the first day of the new semester. High school students have also joined the boycott, forming so-called human chains by holding hands in the streets outside their schools. I'll be back with headlines at 12.30 for Channel Africa. I'm Jolani Tulo. SABC News. Independent and impartial. From an African perspective. Thank you, Jalani, for that news update. It brings the time to five minutes after 12 o'clock. Sudan has called on the United Nations Security Council to lift its suspension of troop withdrawals and ensure all peacekeepers leave Darfur by June 2020. Sudan's UN Ambassador Omar Mohamed Sadiq told the council that it was time to shift from peacekeeping to peacebuilding in Darfur and to end restrictions on the government's movement of arms and troops in and out of the region. James Shimanula has more. Sudan's permanent representative to the United Nations, Omar Mohamed Sadiq, has told the United Nations Security Council that it was time to shift from peacekeeping to peacebuilding in Darfur and to end restrictions on the government's movement of arms and troops in and out of the region. Sadiq's remarks come almost two months after the United Nations Security Council voted unanimously to put the brakes on the withdrawal of the joint UN-African Union peacekeeping force from Darfur as the country dealt with a political crisis. It extended the mandate of the force known as UNAMID until October 31st and it asked the UN and the AU to make recommendations by September 30th on what